You can't go to the table every negotiation and get the bare minimum. That's what you can't do. You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and the outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And in episode 292, we have part two, that's a lot of twos, of my chat with actor, IAP alum, and can we call him a union activist? Uh, Maybe we can. I'm sure we can. Kevin E. West. In part two, Kevin talks to us about the glaring issues of being technologically behind the times, uh, what he thinks would create the biggest and fastest change in terms of contract negotiations, and what you, our listeners, what you can do right now to make yourself a more informed actor CEO. We're all running our own business here, people. All that and more coming up in episode 292. Stay with us. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal Pro, the current, newest, most awesomest version of Rehearsal Yet, and it's an essential app for actors, and it's now available, easy for me to say, right now in the iTunes App Store. So guys, if you've heard of this app, have you downloaded it yet? If you haven't, what is wrong with you? Well, you probably, if you haven't, it means you don't have an iPhone because it is for iOS devices only. But if you do have an iOS device, and many of us do, this is the app to get if you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions, explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn about all the kick-ass features in this newest version of Rehearsal. It's a groundbreaking app, and it's designed by actors for actors. Once you get a taste of it, you will be using it for every single audition, every single line learning opportunity you have. It is indispensable. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. I like most awesomest. Most awesome. Yeah, Most I, I awesome-est. thought of that on the fly too. That was uh, <laughs> that was total improv. I mean, I, I'm not as rusty as I thought it was. You're doing it live. Yeah, You're doing it live. <laughs> I actually used it today. Uh, oh, did you really? Yeah. Since we're uh, on the rehearsal train, I got a last minute audition for a theater piece, three page three page scene. Got it last night. Had an audition today, so I used it literally in the car on the drive to the audition in order to get um, almost entirely off book by the time I got into the room. You know, I so. think I think that's actually how David came up with the idea for it. He was in the exact same situation as you. He was in the car and he was using the voice memo app to rehearse his lines with himself. Right, and, and it, like, doesn't, well, it doesn't repeat. Yeah, and so he was like, why isn't there an app that does this? And that was sort of the, the genesis of it. So it, it's kind of oh. cool. It's kind of cool to hear that it kind of came full circle and that you're using it in the same exact situation that he wished he had it. And for this uh, version, when he was still in the sort of like not beta, but just like first launch phase, I actually sent him uh, some email feedback because one of the things that I noticed was it was overtaking uh, my Waze app and my other maps applications for uh, turn by turn navigation. So it wasn't as safe to do it while I was driving because I couldn't hear my, my next turn so i sent him mm. an email uh in the, through the feedback thing in the in the application and said hey it'd be really great if it ducked if there was audio ducking 
so that the audio ducked underneath uh, things like Waze and, and, and Google Maps and, and Apple Maps. And he did it or they did it or whatever the, the, the people he works with for the for the um, app engineering, the app design, uh, they changed it. So now uh, when I have my turn by turn turned on and I'm going to the audition, I can hear the uh, the, the, the turn by turn nav will come up over the recording. Awesome. Just it's, it's another reason that that app is just absolutely a must have. Every time I've gone into a room, uh, having used that app to learn my lines. And what I do is I'll just put it on repeat and just, you can turn the screen off and stick it in your pocket and it just repeats over and over and over. And so you just hear the lines over and over and over. And I'll just like walk down to the store or something. And it's like a 15 minute walk from my place. And by the time I get back from the store, I am off book or I'll be doing dishes. Like you, you mentioned this the other day, AJ, that while you're, you know, doing dishes or ironing your shirts or whatever it is around the house, you just have that on repeat in your ears and Man, is it effective. It is just such a yeah. great way. To, and when once you're off book, that everybody, every actor knows that's when the real work begins. Yes. Because then you get to play. You're confident with the yeah. lines. And going into a room with that kind of confidence is just amazing. And I haven't found a better, I haven't found a better solution, honestly, for learning your lines quickly and effectively than Rehearsal Pro. And, and guys, if... If we had found a better solution, we would you would hear about it. <laughs> like we're we're not so easily bought and sold or anything like that. So uh, <laughs> just just know that, that we believe in this thing. That's why we bring it up every episode. Uh, big big huge welcome to uh, one of our newest members, Mr. Aaron Scotch. Thank you for joining us inside the membership. Aaron joined us as a monthly contributor. Uh, so not only, Aaron, do uh, are we very happy to have you as part of the family, but we also are very grateful to have the uh, increased financial support to keep the lights on and make this thing happen. Uh, as you guys know, making this podcast is not free. And every dollar, literally every single dollar, goes right back into producing this thing and paying for production costs and paying for the various resources that get poured into this thing every single week. So, Aaron, thank you so much, uh, both for your participation and your support and your pain it forwardness we we really really appreciate that and we also wanted to mention uh, a quick reminder for the q3 review that's going to happen live in person in culver city on october 1st at 3 p.m facilitated by by none other than uh, jasmine bristow who is sort of an, a, a budding life coach very very cool to uh, have jasmine offering that to the community again sunday october 1st at 3 p.m plan for about two hours of an intimate gathering uh, setting goals, looking at what might be stopping you from achieving your goals, getting some personalized feedback and some really high level like emotional intelligence coaching on how to really dig deep and dismantle some of those, you know, discussions and conversations between the various, you know, stupid people in our heads that, that uh, frantically, <laughs> frantically derail us from doing things that we know will contribute to our personal evolution. So that, that's the kind of stuff that that you can look forward to. RSVP link uh, is on the website in the show notes for this episode. That's to the Facebook event. And you can also RSVP if you're not on Facebook. Just shoot us an email, support at insideacting.net, and we'll make sure we get you added to the list. Um, so on the outline here, uh, you just wrote holy auditions, Batman. It has been so crazy. I, I'm, I'm not trying to like brag or anything. I haven't booked anything, so there's nothing to brag about, but <clears throat> I literally, I can't remember the last time I, I was this busy with auditions. It's been nuts and I'm still, I still have a full-time job or, you know, now I have a full-time job since, since May. So uh, making it all work has just been crazy. I had a commercial audition on a Saturday 
the callback for it was on the following two days later on on Monday, which was yesterday. Um, and I I had to take a three hour lunch to make it to 200 South La Brea and back. And then uh, during the day, like I got back from the callback, <clears throat> my manager calls me again. I'm like, oh, did I get pinned for this commercial? No, another audition, the one I mentioned that I was using Rehearsal Pro for. Today, the, the next day, same thing. I had to leave work, take a three-hour lunch to go and come back. So I'm like, I'm just crossing my fingers that I haven't like used up all of my you know political points at work because you know they, they, they've been so good about supporting me with the work-life balance thing. Um, but it's been crazy crazy i was putting myself on tape for another uh, musical theater audition this morning and i ended up being 10 minutes late to work so 10 minutes late to work plus i left for lunch took a three-hour lunch and came back i just you know it's been it's been challenging to um keep the sort of feelings of guilt at bay um that that's been challenging getting prepared for the auditions has been challenging as you know i got some support from you because one of them was like an animation voiceover um uh uh, audition then there was three musical theater auditions i put myself on tape for two auditions that were for um uh television shows one where i spoke pashtu one where i spoke arabic wow Um, okay so i'm doing the math here in my head that's like seven or eight right there in the last two weeks dude Dude. Yeah, it's been crazy. And like I said, it's not nothing. It's not anything to brag about. And I was actually thinking about a bunch of different things. Uh, like, for instance, I ended up turning down a role on a, a, a brand new primetime television show that's coming out um, that hasn't come out yet. It's coming out next week or this week um, because they they didn't offer me the role I auditioned for. They offered me another role, which was, again, one line. And the last time this happened, uh, I took the gamble and I turned down the role and Bill Paxton died and training day was taken off the air. This time, I'm hoping that the show is successful and runs long enough that that if they like me, they'll bring me in again and I'll and and hopefully I will book something bigger. So Mm -hmm. it's it's always a, a gamble. So 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 that happened. And then the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, you and I, have, I, I want to ask you about this, Trevor, because I'm really interested to hear your take on this. Your, um, you're, you're such a, um, a deep thinking, deep feeling, deep connecting type of person. I'm curious to, to hear what you have to, to, to say about this. You and I and our guests have talked a lot about the like booking the office and making the connections in the room and building relationships. It's even part of our, you know, uh, our inside acting culture, right? Build relationships, not networks. All but one of the auditions that I just mentioned were on tape. Wow. All but one. Well, actually two, if you count the one I had today. Self-taped, so, you mean? So you did them so, on your own? Correct. Wow. And then today, I was in the room with the casting director, sure, so able to book the room, great, but I was on tape for whoever the decision makers were, director, producer, etc. So my question is around that actual, the building of that relationship. It kind of felt, it kind of feels like these tapes just go off into the ether, and the only feedback that I get, and I have gotten it, um, is when the same casting director asks me to put myself on tape for something else or calls me in for something else or considers me for something else. Then I'm like, okay, great. I've booked the office. I've made a fan of that casting director. So for instance, two out of the three musical theater auditions uh, that I was just mentioning, same casting director who I've auditioned for a couple of times before. Um, 
what was the other one? There was another. There's a couple other uh, quote unquote repeat customers, right? Over the last Love three that. weeks yeah. or so, right? Yeah. So I'm I am getting that feedback. But if you, but sometimes I've gone weeks, months. I've heard of actors going years before being called in by the same casting director again. So it might feel like you're not getting that feedback. So my question is around this whole like booking the office, building relationships. Do you think that the that them not getting to experience you as a person, as your authentic non, you know, I'm in this role saying these lines self is a hindrance to that? Because I'm, I'm starting to feel like it is because I'm not connecting with anybody but 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 Ben Whitehair who I adore and love but he knows I'm a good actor <laughs> he knows I'm he knows I'm a good person I think I don't know you might have to ask him no don't ask him don't ask him that um but do you get what I'm saying Trevor like uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that on the like the the connection of reaching out through the through the damn screen they're not really they're not really learning it, you know, I, unless you maybe you have like a, an extended slate or something. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm rambling now. Well, I'll say two things. Uh, number one is what you're doing is clearly working. You said you've had a few repeat customers and you're auditioning like crazy. So so people trust both your representation and your reputation or rather they have no reason to say no to taking a look at you. So whatever you're doing is working. So there's that. And the second thing I would say is, is a question back to you. Since you're, what you're doing is working, it's worth keying in on what the experience you are intending to create with each and every taped audition is like what, hmm. when you say like when you put yourself on tape and you're, you're you know you're running around in your day job and these long lunches and you've got a million things coming at you you're still doing something right so I, w- I would ask you i guess to describe like when you put yourself on tape what's the experience that you want to create for your cat for these cast directors which are in effect your customers wow that that question would probably take longer to answer than uh, than we have time for. I will say it is definitely something that Ben and I have talked about a lot <clears throat> is, you know, especially when you're putting yourself on tape for television, you are – it's the closest you have to be, being able to mimic the medium that you're actually trying to book. Mm. So we – do our best to create as close a proximity to what it would be like on the day. Um, including things like eyeline, pausing for edits, simulating props. Um, <clears throat> you know, if it's a comedy or a or a comic scene entering and exiting the frame. Um, you know, little technical tricks that we have sort of figured out over time through trial and error and being on set and talking to other actors and talking to each other and watching um, our self tapes and, 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 and figuring out which, you know, what's, why does that work and why doesn't that? Um, and, and, and like I said, Trev, you know, there's a caveat to all of this, which is I haven't booked any of them yet. So I'm clearly, I'm not necessarily an expert. Yeah, I've booked the room, 
but I haven't, it hasn't yet been, you know, the nail on the head. I laughed the other day, you and I recorded, uh, well, a week ago, last episode, and I was talking about all the auditions I had and you said, should I guess the blacklist? And I was like, ha ha ha. That's really funny because, you know, statistically you probably would have been right. I actually got an, a, a self-tape audition for the blacklist the next day. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, and I meant to – I'm sorry. I, I meant to text you to say like, hey, buddy, thanks for sourcing me an audition. Yeah. Um, it, mm. That's probably a baker's dozen for that show for me. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. You know, so it feels like, well, okay, like I'm – I'm booking the room without stepping foot in it. <laughs> Although, I mean, I had one or two auditions with them before I left New York. But I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm just craving. I'm probably it's probably a, a, a function of craving the human connection of what we do. Mm. I had a really cool audition today with a casting director in a room. You know what I mean? And like, yes, there was a camera there for director, producer, whoever's going to be the decision maker later. But like we had a really cool connection. Um, it was so last minute. Like I didn't I didn't have a headshot with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. She's like, well, she's like, just tell me about yourself because, you know, I don't have a resume in front of me. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. And then we just got to talking about, you know, who I am. And that's not something you can do on a tape. You can yeah. do a slate. But slates are usually specific. Well, why do you think they're asking you that kind of thing? Why do you think they're asking you to, you know, talk about yourself and, and things like that? Well, that, I mean, that can only be good news. That, that means that she wants to get to know me. That, that to me, that means I booked the room already. Um, because otherwise it'd be like, okay, thank you so much. Right. <laughs> you know, they had people, there was like six people in the waiting room when I walked out. They got, they got, they got. They don't have time for that. So the fact that she took the time, she was spending the time to get to know me, I, that means I booked the room. I, I know that and that's great and that's in the moment feedback what I'm saying is when you're sending in all these self tapes I don't know I don't know it, to me it feels like maybe it's taking away a little bit of like the human connection element of yeah. the business and I don't know we I think we've brushed on that before but I don't know if we've really like gotten down and dirty and talked about it before yeah you know I'm with you. I would argue that, I mean, this is obviously increasing the pace that casting happens at. It's like things are just now happening at like warp speed compared to what they used to do. (laughs) And so people are like, I feel like if I was a casting director and I had, you know, 1400 submissions, well, let's just be conservative. Let's say 300 submissions. If I went through people's representation and whatnot, I've got 300 submissions, 300 tapes to go through. I'm probably going to go with the, the representation that I know and have a relationship with of some kind first. I'm going to look at those people first. Let's say that narrows it down to like 50 or 60, right? So I've got, and let's say each audition is again, conservatively a minute at the most, there's no way that auditions are ever that brief. So, but let's say I've got, you know, an hour before I've got to send along my top 10 picks for this particular part. So I've got to weed through 60 different auditions in an hour, That which means I only really have a chance to look at the first 10 to 30 to 45 seconds of each one. So what I'm looking for is a casting director, and I'm not a casting director, so big disclaimer right there. But if I were, what I feel like I'll be looking for is confidence, poise, professionalism, uh, can they act? Um, obviously. Um, and I feel like 
when you're putting yourself on tape, more than anything else, those that's your relationship builder. Those are the things that you're communicating right off the bat. That this person can go, oh, thank God, I've got a professional here. You know, all the way back to Michael Kostroff's interview. You know, if you're interviewing heart surgeons, they're not asking permission about where they can cut open your chest. And it's, is it okay if I if I cut here? You know, is this okay if I if I go in and try this? It's like, no, you're the professional here. I'm the one. I'm hmm. I'm deferring to you. And if you have even the the temerity to 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 ask that question, like I think I'm going to need to go somewhere else. And so many actors do that. They they're not that explicit about it, but it has to do with their presentation. You know how they show up, how they stand, how they slate, how they move through the scene, how they do all the things that you just. Described, you know, and exiting and entering frame, miming, you know, the props and whatnot. And I feel like you've done so many of these on-camera, you know, self-taped auditions now that you are conveying that really, really well. And so you may not be booking, you know, consistently quite yet, but the fact that you are that you've done seven or eight auditions in the last two weeks alone, that's more than every other day. I mean, that's that's awesome. And I, you know. Reputation, I feel like, travels really, really quickly and really well in this industry. And so I can't imagine that somewhere at some point your name has come up in a room between various casting directors or between friends or over drinks with some, something like that. And people are talking about how stressful their job is and how they've got to cast all these things. And somebody said, like, oh, have you seen A.J. Meyer? Yeah, he's, you know, he's great. I haven't brought him in yet. But every time he, I get a tape from him, I watch it. I know he's going to be, you know, he's going to be great. And I always pass his name along. So I feel like the fact that you're getting so many auditions is proof that something like that is happening on some level in some way, shape, or form, and that you're communicating yeah. that you are a professional on every level just with your presentation. You've practiced enough now that you've got that. So I would say that's your that's your that's the new relationship building of putting yourself on tape. No, you can't connect with yeah. people and have a conversation and talk about you know funny cat memes. You can't do that if you're just putting yourself on tape. But you're cutting right to the chase and you're showing people like, hey, I'm a pro. I'm here to do a job. You've got a job to do. Let's make this happen. We've all got shit to do. Uh, so I, I feel like that's at, at work. And the last thing I want to say before I shut my gob here is uh, I remember reading this in the Success Principles, which is a book by Jack Canfield that is a book that completely changed my life. And it was a quote from Kevin Sorbo in that book. And I was able to ask Kevin this when we interviewed him years ago. But I think if I remember correctly, I didn't ask him this on the air. I think I may have asked him off the air. But the quote was that for every 200 auditions he went on, he booked maybe one. Maybe one out of every 200. So that's half a percentage rate of, of success. That is a 99.5% failure, you know, quote unquote failure rate. But as Tony Horton has said, that's just practice, you know, for the times that you do get paid for it, right? So I, I think of that, and I, I think he's a talented actor. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's not hard to look at, that's, that's past his, you know, physical prime, if you want to, like, go by Hollywood standards. And is still working consistently as an actor because he's got talent and he's got relationships. And if a guy like that is booking or seeing, you know, quote unquote success only half a percent of the time, even when he was in his prime and he was like, you know, muscle bound and like super dashing handsome, like cover of a romance novel, like, you know, right out of that. I think that it's just worth keeping all of these things in perspective. Uh, and this is not like me trying to coach you right now, but it's, it's stuff that's coming up for me as, as I'm hearing you talk about it. I'm like, man, this, this industry is such a head trip 
But if we keep all of this huh. in perspective and just keep the long game in perspective, this is how it happens. This is how the game is played. And every single actor who has had any sort of longevity in their career, enjoyed any sort of longevity, has a story that sounds a lot like the one that you are writing right now. <laughs> and, uh, and now we have it against the backdrop of this, of this technology and this sort of situation. But, but my gut says that uh, you're doing everything right and that you're building those relationships, again, just to bring it home, uh, with your presentation and your poise and you communicate professionalism with all of the 92% of your body language uh, that doesn't come out of your mouth. Hmm. Yeah, thanks for that, man. I, I didn't um, – when you mentioned the professionalism thing, just that word, uh, that really landed. So I get – yeah, makes sense. Like just doing good – both both craft wise and technical wise, good work uh, on the self tape that in and of itself um, displays a certain amount of professionalism and uh, yeah. shows them that you're you're there playing the game, as you put it. Yeah, so, well, they, yeah I really they, appreciate that. At the end of the day, they just want somebody they can trust. Someone's going to make yeah. them look good. You know, we've said this ad nauseum on the show, but that's really what it comes down to. Do you want to work with this person? And if I recommend this person, are they going to embarrass me or are they going to make me look really good at what I do? And that's what they want. That's what they're looking for. And they can get that in the first five seconds of your self-tape. They get that the first five seconds you walk into the room. You don't need to talk about anything else. They get it right away. And um, I think if you, if you can nail that and you've done so much emotional intelligence work and you're so committed to self-development that uh, – and I know you. I see you all the time. I mean when you walk into a room, the room – everybody in the room sits up a little bit straighter. So you've got that, that, that part down, AJ. So I can't imagine it's, it's not coming through on, uh, on the self-tapes as well. All right. I will trust you. <laughs> Man, we've talked this I to death. I will choose to trust you. <laughs> yeah, we have. We have. Uh, let's move on. We've, we got to, We get to hear from our sponsor before we jump into the interview. But uh, uh, as you know, uh, support for this episode of Inside Acting is also brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row visit vo the number two gogo.com slash start for a free getting started in a voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio that's vo the number two gogo.com slash start cool man i i'm feeling a little self-conscious now i hope you don't i hope i didn't like create the experience of like me trying to like tell you how to do things i not at I just all not at all. It was actually quite inspiring, and um, and I, I I really it's with everything that's been going on, I have been feeling experiencing a bit of overwhelm. So that was honestly um, a great reminder and a nice like pick me up. So thank you. Oh, okay. I'm I'm glad. Cool, man. Well, um, you know I've said it so many times before. It's only a matter of time, man. It is only a matter of time when you're gonna have to be turning down jobs because you're already working on something else and they're going to be trying to schedule around you your other gigs yes it's, it's it get ready because it's coming because it's, it's coming. coming all right that's a p90x <laughs> reference just in case you were wondering uh let's jump into part two with kevin i'm so excited to listen to this 
Yeah, you should be. It's really good. Uh, we've got a couple of listener questions, but uh, we ran out of time this week. We'll get to them uh, in a future episode. But enjoy this, guys. Uh, part two with Kevin. Um, just more of the of, of the greatness from from part one. sort of follow-up question to this is the same thing maybe you're not even working on it i don't know but are, are, is the same thing happening or is the same thing possible in in film and television contracts because you're you're uh talking mostly it sounds like you're talking mostly about commercial contracts right now but in terms of and, and what made me think of it was you were like saying you know the client is holding the purse strings if you went to a producer or producing entity on the film and television side, would you have um, similar results? Or are the non-union players in that space just not as much of a um, uh, juggernaut? You are correct. Uh, cer- certainly uh, the concept of working off the card, or even if you drift into the FICOR conversation, which I could do an entire show with you on in terms of the misunderstanding about what FICOR actually was as a Supreme Court decision, which actually was not related to – was never supposed to be used as a union-busting tool, but that's what it's being used in our in our union because we do negotiate with multiple employers. And and our sort of skill set is, is so subjective from one hiring person to another. But setting that aside, when you look – you are correct. It's certainly going towards scripted. Again, not voiceover because you can do voiceover out of your house by yourself, just like we're doing right now. But in terms of scripted on camera, uh, non-union is not as much at play because maybe the, the skill set difference uh, is a little more obvious or a little more glaring. However, what we aren't getting uh, from the theatrical side is we certainly are not getting wages that match sort of cost of living index in certain ways. And there are, there are certain things that are never going up. But also, I still believe that we have the same issue, AJ. What exists much more in theatrical to me is we don't do a job, a good enough job with technology, going all the way back to what you first said, in being able to present the proper amount of information in favor of our argument. No different than the, mm. you know, the argument you get in the, in the voting thing when you get your voting pamphlet and it says argument in favor of rebuttal against rebuttal against the rebuttal. You know, right. it's like we, you know, the metrics that we do not gather, the level of information that we do not have uh, to push uh, on, on that from a theatrical standpoint is disappointing. However, I will even go one step further and to answer your question. Yes, I have an entire uh, I had two pages of bullet points. Theatrically, because theatrical is most of my career. I've only done like I've only done like 30 commercials in my career. I mean, I know people have done 15 in one year, but, you know, I've done 50 some television shows and 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 a bunch of films. And as we both know, in the world we live in today, the modified agreement films from short to ultra low to modified low to low and even films that are actually union that are between, say, two point six million and seven million 
What's going on with those? Again, you can ask any ultra low budget producer, and I have several friends who do this all the time. And some of the clauses and things that exist in that contract are just so short sighted, it's absurd. Now, you look at our new media agreement, it's absurd. What was I granted it was done on the fly back then, but that's just it, is it shouldn't have been done on the fly. And then what's been renegotiated since it was its first inception, AJ, is just not well thought out. And I don't know if it's because the people doing this really don't understand technology. I don't know if it's because they don't have the right people consulting them with regards to what the hell's really going on out there in, you know, YouTube, you know, Snapchat, Instagram land. I don't really know. But either way, it just simply isn't based on being thorough. Hmm. And part of that's manpower, part of that's money, part of that's budgets, a lot of those things. AJ. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question is what, you know, is it, uh, is it, is it money? Is it, uh, the, the things that they can't do? Is it a, a lack of foresight? But I guess it's a combination of all of the above. It is, but I mean, come on, man, between you and me and the fence post, you give, you know, give, give me a hundred grand and four 22 year olds, man. And I can design a, 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 <laughs> a, SAG, a, SAG, a SAG website in 30 days that, that, uh, that would put the one that we currently have uh, to shame. So I, you know, it's again. I'm not like I said before. Sometimes it's it seems to be the voices that make the most noise, but don't necessarily serve the most people. And it's it's terribly, terribly depressing. And you know, let's just go with this. There could be just using this. There could be a contraption known as a partial residual partial buyout hybrid. You know, that's a possible conversation, is it not, AJ? Yeah, sure, why not? I mean, anything's, anything's possible. Right. So, I mean, if you, again, there's, I, I'm, I'm not saying that, that uh, I will never, I'm a proud union member. I will never be drifting to try and in any way, shape, form, encourage non-union work. But if you can encourage something that is a signatory project legally, and still pays some degree of residuals package, but based on what type of spot and based on its usage, which again is what commercials are, and today, quite frankly, AJ, it's what television shows are. I mean, what Netflix is, is not necessarily going to be the only model, and it's no longer a new model. It certainly is a damn model. And so... You know, when you talk about what platform that is and that it's a monthly service and it can be watched on anything, it's like, well, Netflix has a really big, pretty building in Hollywood over there. And I have friends that work there, so they're not hurting. Mm. So why are contracts not applicable to how well they're doing? No different than Sony film or Universal film. Yeah. So to me, it's it's metrics, it's intelligence, and it's foresight. And yes, you are limited on staff and you are limited on, on budget, but my God, what is more important than something else? And when you, when you negotiate every three years, man, you, you just can't, you can't go to the table every negotiation and get the bare minimum. That's what you can't do. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have and have had going on for at least uh, 10 or 12, uh, about eight voting cycles from what I've seen since I got here. And, mm -hmm. and some, of it's related, some of it's related, AJ, to our, to our biggest stars. You know, our biggest stars have to be willing to walk off set. That's how SAG started 72 years ago, whatever it is. That's how it started. The six biggest stars of the day got up and walked off and said, have a nice day. 
no different than Norma Ray standing up in the <laughs> Sally Field, you know, union. I mean, that's how it started. And I don't, they have become such corporations and we have become such a 99.1% entity industry, no different, like you said, than America, that a lot of our superstars, uh, you know, they don't need agents. They're just corporations all by themselves because yeah. they make 15, 20 million a film. And until you have, until you have the other side be in fear, legitimate fear that their business can come to a halt on any given day if 200 stars decided at, on, a, on a given day at a certain time uh, to just simply walk off set together, until they know that's possible, we're probably going to be at a disadvantage, hmm. putting everything else aside. And I don't think they're afraid of that right now. Wow, yeah. Oh, that's, it's, it's crazy. It, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, but that seems so pie in the sky it shouldn't but it does no it should you're correct it shouldn't at all it, it as you said earlier you brought up communication workers you can go to the textile workers union you can go to all telecom unions you can go all sorts of places and you know what it shouldn't because in their unions it wouldn't be right but if, if you, you can't get four fifths of your union to even fill out a ballot which by the way shouldn't be mailed and shouldn't be being sent u.s mail there's a good example of what i mean man um, yeah why, why are we mailing ballots? But anyway, um, when you can't get that many people to vote, you're, and only 97, 97 to 98% of your membership doesn't make over $50,000 a year, um, people very much want to hang on to what they have. And when they know they're in such an extreme, extreme minority, it kind of makes logical sense, AJ, that the last thing they want to do is piss off their employer. Yeah, of course. And so there you have it. You have a pretty nasty catch twenty two quagmire in your yeah. hands. Yeah, there's plenty of people in that uh, 97 percent who are willing to, um, you know, walk away. Because um, I know I've done it myself. Uh, turned down auditions. I've walked out of auditions. I've, uh, I, you know, I haven't had the the, the unfortunate or uh, whatever you want to call it, whatever word you want to use to describe it, experience of having to walk off a set certainly but i do know plenty of people in that sort of you know bottom 95 bottom 97 who would be willing to do it but the but the top you know one two three right now it's like there's no incentive um other than i don't know being a good person or a, <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a brother a brother or sister at arms in the uh in the in the unit in unit itself so I, I, this will probably lead to other questions, but right now I, I feel like it's my last question. I, I want to say, what's next and what can we do? Like, what what is what do you see around the corner now and maybe, you know, a couple of years projected into the future as far as, you know, um, the union and its relationship to these producing entities? And what can I, we, uh, our listeners do um, to take that's been a question we've asked of a lot, you know, because it's election season. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and so the the what's next and what can we do question is is coming up a lot right now, and it's been it's been great because as you've been saying, you know, multiple times throughout this interview, there is a a, a, a eighty percent apathy level right now. We can just call it what it is, and. Um, I don't know. I guess inside acting would like to do its small part to 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 try and change that. 
Well, I, you know, honestly, AJ, first of all, it's a terrific last question, and I'm and I'm happy to at least give you, you know, my humble opinion. I, I think one of the things that you see with this union is also just one of the things that you see nationally, and quite frankly, there there isn't anything to do about it because what's going to take care of it is called Father Time, mm. and Father Father Time is undefeated. We will never have, probably again have a president. Uh, of the United States that is as old as our current one, or even if the other person had been elected. We are, there is a generational factor that is simply leaving the planet. Uh, and a lot of those people um, are retired. They have a lot of time. They show up to SAG after meetings. A lot of them do aspects in the business that they haven't worked in 20 some years, but they still sit around meetings and make a lot of noise. So the generation wow. that's, that's, that's older than me, um, you know, and then you come down to to someone that's in my generation, and even though technically sure I'm I'm old enough to be your father, probably the reality is is that you know most of the percentage of my folks are don't really stay as connected to technology and don't really look at things. Not everybody, but certainly some do. But sure. we are simply getting we are simply getting older as a country, and we are getting older as a union, and eventually the predominant number of people will be people who have grown up and, and spent their lives much more around this simple technology platform known as what is. And that alone in itself, AJ, will make a difference. Coupled with that is also something that you, that even the other side, the AMPTP and the commercial person, they can't stop. And what they can't stop is everything that was once 17 years ago, oh my God, what is this? It's chaos, crazy town, NASDAQ, holy crap. All of that stuff becomes normalized and everyone technically catches up hmm. i mean man when i was your age dude a, an oscar award-winning film uh, would come out and you wouldn't see it on television for five or six years okay now an oscar nominated film is on your plane in two months yeah so that time contraction is part of what i mean by the normalization of technology and, you know, and I'm not saying doing nothing, but there is just simply a natural evening out of both the age of the demographic who's in charge and also the platform and knowledge that we all have of the metrics that, of what's going on with entertainment. Those two elements are being normalized. However, there's still a gap that has to be filled between now and when that gets the case. And we can't keep getting so far behind uh, at, at present. And to me, what has to be done is we have to make it, sorry, I hate, to, I hate to say it, and trust me, my generation, I hate saying this, but we have to make it easier for, for people in our union to feel connected regardless of how much they how much money they make or how much they work. Mm. And, and when you talk about a generation that you've grown up in, AJ, from, from all of the, you know, the digital social media platforms, I'd like to say that that shouldn't be so hard. But I think one of the things you have to start with is you have to stop asking thousands of people who do everything every day on their phone or on their laptop or on their iPad. You have to stop asking them to stop and sit down with a pen to fill out a ballot. <laughs> and that's a that's metaphorical uh, and, and transcendent in the sense of that philosophy has to end. So you have to bring everything about this union, everything about the covenants of a contract and everything about the language of the covenants of those contracts and everything about what is purposeful, important, and focused. You have to bring that forward 
into a today's language, into yeah. an already futuristic concept of where we know things are going, and you have to deliver that on a platform and in a fashion that people respond to it in the way that they're used to responding to everything else in their life. And until you do that, you have an inherent disconnect, which actually, oddly, AJ, keeps people disconnected. <laughs> a disconnect that keeps people disconnected. Who knew? Um, Who knew? So that's that's kind of what so, I think, you know. Yeah, and, and what and and what can what can we do? Like what what you know we had um, we've had Gabriel Carteris come on. We've had um, oh, who was the last person that said you know we, a lot of the response to this question has just been like you know get involved, get informed, you know um, show up to to meetings, show up to subcommittees, show up to uh, you know et cetera et cetera. What from from the perspective of somebody who's involved with a you know nonpartisan uh, independent group working to make things better for the union actors. What what can we do? What are the what are the, some of the action steps? Like if you've inspired someone, I'm I'm sure there's a listener listening to this fired up right now. You know, direct their energy. Well, I'm going to fire it back, AJ. Just you know, as your 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 good and my mutual friend Ben Whitehair would have sat in a room in the Actors Network uh, seven years ago and heard me say. Uh, I, I'm going to say to every single actor that's listening, hey, why don't you stop? Why don't you sit down? Why don't you think about actually where you believe and want your money to come from as a quote unquote performer who's decided to do this uh, to try and make a living at it and to try and build a career on it, which means you have a pension like I do, which means one day you have a retirement. That's what your parents did for a job. Well, it can happen in this business, too. So sit down and decide. At the most, what are the one or two areas that you actually want to make money in and then stop and take the time to actually go research what are the contracts in our union that currently govern those one or two ways? And here's a thought, AJ. Read them. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you sit down and actually read? This isn't a manual for the remote. It's not a manual for the new toy you bought. This is the foundational benchmark that governs the career you claim you want to make a living at. Because if it's just, hey, what the hell, it's an online profile, let's see what happens and maybe I'll win the lottery, then I'm talking to deaf ears. Hmm. But if you actually give a crap about trying to actually do something, whether it's your own YouTube channel because you want to glue crap together and sell it online, I don't care what your drive is. But whatever your drive is, if it pertains to being a member of SAG-AFTRA or whatever it's called someday, I still like – we can even do EMT-FIP. I'm down with that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think that can – SAG-AFTRA can get replaced by EMT-FIP. Uh, you know, whatever – how about you sit down and actually make that decision, what those two – what I would call areas of industry are? And how about you actually read? How about you actually educate yourself on what – is currently governing why you can't seem to do better. And once you do that, then start going, hey, well, if, if I were the person in charge, what would I like to see? Now, that sounds all educational, it sounds boring, and it sounds, but you know what? To be honest with you, AJ, that's what it takes. Hmm. It, takes it takes actually knowing how something evolves if you're ever going to give a crap or have any effect 
on it changing. You have to see what is. And last I checked, they haven't torn down Universal Studios. They haven't torn down Sony. Disney doesn't seem to be hurting. It doesn't. And why is that? Entertainment hasn't gone away. We don't have less cable news. We don't have less cable say. We have more. Granted, we may do more jobs now for less money per job and make the same. But the reality is there's a lot of entertainment platform out there required. And while it's morphed and changed a little bit, the core of Hollywood has never been different than it is today. And this is what we as performers have a hard time with, AJ, is that unfortunately when you choose to do entertainment for money, it's about making money. And Hollywood is just about making money. And so how come you aren't? And the inherent answer to that is because we're artists at our choice core that intellectually decide to do something for business or for money, which is why I'm a show business guy. I talk about the business of show all the time. But this is business. And if you don't want to do business, then chances are nothing anyone ever says, AJ, will matter to you. But if you're, you know, to grab a steal a famous line, if you're mad as hell and you're not going to take it anymore, then my suggestion, and that's the only people that we honestly can really speak to, um, AJ, if you're not going to take it, then you have to start with what matters most to you and go learn every single thing you can about what currently governs your paycheck and then get involved uh, in terms of, of making an effort to do that. If you know friends that are stars, if you have people, again, we have to become a very forceful community, but it can't just be a mob. It can't just be someone, you know, barking and complaining. You have to be a forceful mob with data, information, and intelligence. Mm. So, yeah. So you mean I have to read? <laughs> can I, can I get those contracts well, on my Kindle? Can I? <laughs> you, yeah. Well, you know, and funny you should say that because one of the things that has actually been difficult over the last 30 years is that those kinds of things have not been readily available. Hmm. And, and, and that's, you know, the, the first time somebody kind of tends to go read an ultra low budget contract is when, uh, you know, is when they suddenly realize they want to go try and make their own film. Yeah. And they actually start reading what they have to do as a producer. Right. And, right. It, and it and it hits them as an actor. Right. Every ounce of governance structure and every ounce of our contracts and everything that should be readily available with a click. Yeah. Period. I was that was going to be my 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 follow-up question is where do I actually if I want to go read, you know, uh the 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 day player guest star series regular you know those types of contracts where where am i finding these it, it's there so when you hang up with me go go to sag website go to sag after's website now and just tell me how long it takes you to find it <laughs> i'll set a timer no and yeah and i don't and i'm and i'm not even trying to say that in as flip away as it may sound but you tell me how long it takes you to find it yeah that's kind you, that's you can't ask people to be engaged and inclusive in what their world is about and then make it hard for them to find the damn door. Right, right. You cannot do that. That is it's just, just it's, it's a non sequitur. It's, it's military intelligence. It's freezer burn. I mean, it's, it's an oxymoron. You cannot do that. You can't. Why do we have sagindy.org for so long? Why do we, why when they came up with modified agreements, do we have to have a different website to address our modified agreements? Hmm. I mean, 
holy clown lips. This is <laughs> this. Sorry, everybody's clown lips. Uh, this recently came up at one of our meetings when when a, a casting director said out loud, why in the world does it take us in 2017, 24 to 48 hours to be able to clear an actor as to what their status is? Mm. If I if casting director is doing a non-union spot, why should I have to wonder whether or not they're coming in working off the card? If we, as a casting people, don't even want to see FICOR people, why should I not be able to quickly, easily tap on something and determine that they're FICOR? It's 2017. Well, the casting director is right. So you can't keep putting up firewalls to make stuff that's simple, simple. And, and that's one of the challenges uh, that I'm sharing with you that I have complained about uh, over the last two and a half decades. You just, that stuff cannot be difficult. You cannot make it hard for someone to want to learn and for mm. someone, yeah, there's a ton of subcommittees. You're right, man. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them. You can go volunteer your time and blah, blah, blah. But do you know what you're even stepping into? Yeah. Why you're there, what you're working on. Yeah. What you're working on. What's the language? What do, from which, from where are we starting? You know, it should be a hey, we're doing the LA Marathon. Uh, it, we're not really sure where the start line is, huh? It's like you know, you got to know where the start line is. Yeah. Really simple. You start right here. So I, there's a there's a level of that. Again, it doesn't mean that I excuse people when things aren't simple, but in today's world, from like you said, oh, I got to go read. Yeah, that actually should be really simple. That should be a really easy link. Yeah. That I don't have to go through 17 spider webs and 12 nav clicks to figure out how the hell to drill down to find that. That shouldn't be difficult, AJ. And that's part of my challenge with the with with my own union. But I still would say from a from an from an inspiration standpoint, really pick out the one or two areas of industry you want to make money at and go educate yourself on what's currently governing you making that money and start there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I mean, I don't I don't know that even even outside of the context of the conversation that we've had today, I don't know that anybody's uh, ever said that on the podcast. I'm trying to think of a guest who might have said, like, you know, go educate yourself specifically on, you know, what the, uh, you know, piece of paper that says how much money you're going to make says. I mean, I, anyway. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, and thank you for, for all of this. This has been so... Uh, educational, inspirational, um, has been, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned so much and I hope our listeners have too. Um, if people want to find out more about union working and get involved with you guys or attend a meeting or ask questions, that kind of thing, um, have, are, are you on the, uh, the sort of social media train? Uh, I'm assuming you guys have a website. How, how do people find out about the, the group? Oh, sure. The, the website, of course, is unionworking.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at unionworking. Uh, and we also have a YouTube channel as well because we have done a ton of both scripted funny uh, videos about being a union member along with a ton of my union story videos. Uh, I wrote and directed one called Someday. Uh, because someday, AJ, your my age to your age is coming, hmm. uh, and so uh, someday we'll get here sooner than you think. So we have a YouTube channel. Um, so there are a lot of ways to be involved, and then absolutely you can show up uh, to uh, a monthly meeting. Our September meeting, I believe, is going to be around the twenty eighth, but it will be confirmed on our website uh, when it is up for sure. Awesome, 
Awesome. We're also on Facebook, a Facebook as well. Union working on groups, union working. Great. Uh, we will link to all of that in the show notes for this episode. So no worries there. People will definitely be able to find it through us. Um, thank you again, Kevin. So, so informative. And uh, I'm really excited that there's someone out there, uh, some ones, you're, you're, uh, you and, and, and the group you're working with, um, fighting for these, these changes and, and, and moving us as, uh, as working union performers forward. My pleasure, brother, and I'm happy to come on anytime you want me. Everybody, welcome back from uh, AJ's chat with Kevin. Man, uh, it was such a joy to have him on the podcast. Uh, in you know the first time around, all the way back in like was it episodes ninety five and ninety six? I think. I mean, it was a while back. Double digits. <laughs> yeah, and, and now he's he's here again, and he's just you know dropping all new sorts of new knowledge bombs. And if anything, and I I sort of talked about this briefly in the last episode. It, it's so. Uh, empowering and important, I think, to see, at least, you know, in our in our minds, to, to, to see this industry through the lens of, of the union and all the work that they do and all the, sh- the shoulders that they're, st- they're standing on of all the actors throughout the years who have fought so hard to get fair working conditions and fair rights. And, and he's right, you know, there's, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of slack that needs to be picked up in the technical uh, aspect of things. Yeah. But they're out there fighting the good fight for us. And he said something in part one about, you know, actors working off their card. And I know that's so tempting if you're union and how there's so many non-union jobs now. They far outnumber the union jobs. It's so tempting to be like, look, I just need money. I just want to work. I'll do it. Nobody has to know. I just want to kind of presence that because I think it's so important we keep that, that conversation, this conversation with Kevin, top of mind. When we go out to our next audition, when we book our next job, the next time we set foot on a set, I think it's important to remember that, man, this is a big part of what we do. And it's really, it's, it's, man, if only 20%, like you said in part one, if only 20% of our membership is voting in the elections, that's something that needs to change. So I'm glad that we can at least do a, a small part of that. Um, here on the yeah, show by yeah. featuring this conversation. So yeah, and Gabrielle Carteris talked about it when we interviewed her. Yeah. Uh, you know, she said she said I have probably turned down a million dollars or something crazy like that. She she's added it up. I can't remember the number she threw out there. It was like a million dollars or a million and a half dollars or something ridiculous of um, of work that she has turned down over the years because it was uh, non union and and they were very. She said a lot of them were very clandestine about they they knew they were like, yeah, come on, <laughs> sort of like this back. We're going to pay you like a lot of money to work off the card. Um, I don't know. Just that's it's crazy. It's a it's a it's a tough. I mean, we're already like challenged to make it work, as it were, between our jobby jobs, our thrival jobs and our and our and our dream job. You know, yeah. it's already that's already a challenge. So I I, I get the temptation um, but hopefully people listening to this, uh, these, this two-parter and, and Gabrielle's interview as well, will will sort of understand, um, why that's not the greatest idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it just, again, it comes down to thinking of the big picture and, and what kind of future we want to be creating. Everything counts. Every little action counts. You know, our friend Tom is so fond of saying all life is practice and, you know, that's so true. Everything you do is, is just reinforcing something. So are you reinforcing integrity or are you reinforcing 
something not quite as noble. Um, mm. And, and yeah. again, it's tough. It's a rock and a hard place. You know, you've got to make those judgment calls. Um, but, you know, if, if you're not cool with that situation, then get involved. Get involved. Uh, and also there's lots of ways to make pro- non-union projects union and, and whatnot. So anyway, uh, thank you, Kevin, for coming on again. Thank you, AJ, for making it happen. Thank you, Jen, for helping facilitate that. Uh, proud to have this one out in the world. Let's talk about picks of the week, shall well, we? Let's do it. Yes, sir. What is your pick of the week, my friend? Uh, I have two. I'm going to mention one really quickly because it's pertinent to what we were talking about earlier, and then I'll mention the second one, which is my main one. So the first one is a book called The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains Oh God. By, by Nicholas Carr. And That's a telling title. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell what the book's about by the title right there. Uh, so essentially... We are living in an age of distraction, and most people who have even a a sort of layman's understanding of how the brain works understand that it's a use it or lose it, you know, proposition, that we get better at the things we practice at, and the things we don't practice at, we lose the ability to do. And what's really interesting and slightly disturbing, to be honest, is how distractible the internet and social media and cell phones are training us to be. We are becoming so much more adept as human beings in first world cultures like ours at uh, jumping from one thing to another, jumping from this information feed to that information feed and quickly processing little tiny bits of information uh, and just sort of pocketing them away in in our brains and our experience. But when it comes time to do deep work or to have a conversation with another human being that lasts longer than two minutes or, or to read a book and absorb information in a thorough way, we become less and less able to do that. And it's a real problem. If you look at it from a neurological perspective, the literally the physical terrain of our brains and our synapses is changing. And it's more difficult to get that back than people might realize. You can, in the book, he doesn't really make a case for like, you know, retraining your brain to do deep thinking and deep work and have deep conversations. He, he doesn't paint the brightest picture of that, but I, I do believe, maybe this is just the sort of athlete in me talking, but I believe that if you practice at anything, you can get better at it and eventually become world-class. Uh, but when it comes to sort of the, the neuroplasticity of the brain, it, it, it's, a, it's a scary thing that's happening right now, um, especially with you know people who are raised on this technology. And I, I, I'm sure you've had the experience, AJ, of talking to somebody and within just a few minutes of the conversation, maybe not a few minutes, maybe just a few seconds, you see their eyes just go somewhere else. You see their their mind just go somewhere else, and they're looking at you and they're nodding, but you can tell they're already off onto some other thing. And I have to say, man, it seems to be happening to me more and more. Now, maybe I'm just a boring person, but I I do feel like there's a connection there that more and more people seem to be distracted and bored by things that require mental focus, myself included. I find I have more and more difficulty reading a novel, like reading a work of fiction, and when it comes to long reads on the internet, more and more, I have, I, I read the first few paragraphs and I'm like, oh, this is taking forever. And I just want to skim around and skip to the good stuff, right? Like, that's not good. That, I, I think, I think there's something to be said for efficiency, but I think we should also all be able to have, uh, you know, an in-depth discourse about ideas and be able to take in information uh, without so much resistance because we're not stimulated all the time, if that makes sense. 
And uh, what was really interesting that was highlighted in the book, and this will be the last thing I'll say about it, is that uh, there's a lot of studies, a lot of science coming out now that shows that this lack of attention, like our attention muscle weakening, is also directly correlated to our empathy muscle. So the less able we are to focus on things for uh, you know longer periods of time, also, like in in tandem with that, the less able we are to empathize with other people. So basically, the less in touch we are with the suffering in the world and the suffering of other people. And the, uh, pff, man, I, I mean, if you thought the other thing was a problem, like let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about like it, we're losing our ability to empathize with other creatures and other human beings because of Instagram. Like. I, I think Instagram's great and there's definitely a time and place, but man, think about that. You know, I don't know if you, have you experienced this AJ in, in your own experience? Have you clocked this and caught yourself and been like, wow, I, I'm, my brain is just scattered. Has that happened to you? Oh, uh, sorry, dude. I wasn't listening. I was playing candy crush. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <clears throat> huh. I, I did lose about 70% of our listeners. I know. No, no, no. It was great. I actually, and, and I don't, I'm like, why do you have two picks of the week? Like, this is so interesting. We're talking about this. This is amazing. Like this should just be your picks, pick of the week. Um, I was not playing candy crush. I was actually very tuned in. <laughs> and also, yeah, I have, I've, I've not only clocked it in other people and mostly it's the phone thing, not necessarily them like sort of wandering off with their eyes, but mostly the, the checking of the phone or, or distraction of some other kind. Um, but it, yeah, I've definitely noticed it in myself and, um, I have you and, and Jasmine and, and some other very close friends to thank for like getting me, um, <clears throat> you know, sort of doing that less. Uh, I, I know it was like a, a much bigger, uh, issue for me in the past, but I did, it's funny. I, I, I didn't necessarily put words on it the way that you just did, but I, I do know that there was a disconnect occurring with the, the sort of the empathy thing that that's a really fact. I mean, it makes complete sense hearing you say it. I had never put words on it, but thinking back to the time when I was the most easily distracted by my phone or the most uh, easily taken away by technology or social media or what have you, in those times, I would venture to guess or pretty well be able to say w- with with very with a lot of confidence that I was uh, in some of my least empathetic mode of, 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 of my life. Now that, that also had a lot to do with other things that were going on, uh, in my life and, and, you know, uh, uh, things that were impacting me, uh, in a traumatic or emotional way. But, uh, the link, that doesn't, that doesn't mean the link wasn't there or isn't there. So Mm. that's, uh, fascinating, but not surprising. Mm. Put it that way. Yeah, I think this is especially pertinent for artists and actors. Um, you know, there's such an emphasis on Instagram and social media followings and things like that these days. And, you know, it's important. And I again, I think that there's a time and a place. I'm not demonizing the technology. I'm just saying it's worth clocking how this technology is designed to hijack our attention without our consent. And then mm. completely rewire our brains in a relatively short period of time. And so that we step on stage or we step into a scene or we step in front of a camera to do a scene and all of a sudden we don't care 
about the other person. We can't identify with the emotions or we can't listen to what they're saying because our brain keeps wandering off looking for the next shiny object because that's sort of what we've been trained to do. I don't want to sound like a jaded old man here, but I, I think there's something really, really important to look at when it comes to this. And uh, I listened to this, to the audio book of, of this book, and it was great. And I got it from the library. So um, check it out. Support your public library. Uh, use the Overdrive app to download audiobooks uh, for free. Um, but I, I, I have to say it really baked my noodle. And um, I have been very, very mindful recently about how I engage with my technology. And I've been catching myself more and more going, wow, I, I my they just hijacked my entire brain for a half hour. I, I didn't give them permission to do that. It just happened. It just happened. Mm. And so I've, I've been really working to like retrain my brain. It's a lot harder to dig yourself out of that than it is to fall into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so. I think what you're talking about, you know, cause you, you, you said you don't want to demonize the technology. Um, uh, but just, you know, ask people or invite people to sort of notice themselves doing it. What you're talking about is self-awareness, which is so important. You know, that was sort of, geez, it was probably one of my biggest lessons or takeaways of, of 2016. I think I, I think I talked about it extensively in the, in the sort of yearly review and renew. Um, <clears throat> so much of our growth as humans has to do with self-awareness. Self-awareness and vulnerability. I feel like those are like two keys to to life, to empathy, to connecting with other people, to art, to creativity, to growing, to becoming a better person. Um, you know, and it's funny too because they're actually the exact opposite of of narcissism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people who people with NPD uh, like our president. Um, you know, they they lack those things they lack vulnerability they lack self-awareness they lack empathy what is npd narcissistic personality personality disorder, disorder. yeah wow yeah wow. yeah he, he he's the biggest narcissist uh that i've ever encountered that the world um, has ever encountered yeah yeah it's amazing anyway. uh <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so that's my pick of the week. The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains by Nicholas Carr. I listened to the audiobook. Check it out. I, I w said I was going to talk about it briefly and then go on to my real pick, and I feel like I just spent seven minutes talking about this book. So <laughs> yeah. I, I want to actually then – That is your pick of the week. That's my pick of the week. I'm going to shelve my other pick of the week, which is another book that had a profound impact on me. Uh, and I'll I'll mention it next episode when we'll talk about uh, a listener pick as well, so that they they kind of tie in nicely together. So oh, that's cool. my pick of the week, The Shallows. Uh, what is your pick of the week? I've never heard of this. My pick of the week is going to seem shallow after that. <laughs> I saw a dot com after it after, it, and I was like, uh oh. I set yeah, I like, set him up for. <laughs> yeah, like this deep like conversation, like don't get distracted, and I'm like, here's a distraction. Yeah. go online and buy stuff. Be a good consumer. <laughs> um, I don't know what that was about. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a website called MassDrop.com. Um, it is the very simple concept. Basically, what this company or or website does is they gather up. Um, community interest in a particular product and then if enough people are interested and committed to buying that product they'll go to the seller and say hey I've got 100 people 50 people 200 people whatever it is interested in buying your product 
would you consider cutting us a deal, giving us a discount on it? Sometimes it's not as good as like what you might find on like Amazon Prime or something like that, but every once in a while there's some great stuff on there and it's cool because they break it down by interests or passions or communities. So a lot of my, uh, a lot of things I have found for ultralight backpacking, ding, 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 have been on this website, but uh, some of the other communities are like men's and women's apparel, men's and women's accessories, um, outdoors, uh, photography, tech, uh, ultralight I already mentioned, uh, and and many more. So you can basically join in these communities and then those communities are sort of – it's like a product will, will drop inside of one of those communities and it's like brought to you by, you know, the backpacking community or brought to you by the outdoors community and then it will be some – product that usually costs like whatever $200 and they've got it on there for like 70 or something like that because enough people have sort of gotten together to say yes we want this thing um and so they'll get like a basically a deal on it um so uh, this was a sort of piggyback to last week's pick of the week or picks of the week for me um as I get uh, more and more into this whole uh, ultralight backpacking through hiking thing. Um, this is another thing that I've used to kind of support that uh, that new passion. So I thought it'd be cool wow. to share with our community. Wow, two things. I'm looking at this. This is this is pretty cool. Uh, wow, awesome, awesome pick. And number two, when are we going camping again? <laughs> yeah, buddy. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. I'm itching. So that is uh, the shallows. What the internet is doing to our brains by Nicholas Carr. And MassDrop.com uh, for all your community crowdsourced product needs, I guess. It looks pretty cool. I'll have to poke around, but I like the community aspect of it. I'm big on community, and I think the internet is great for that. Yep. Uh, anything else before we rock out of here? No, just as Trevor mentioned, we do have a couple of listener picks. We will get to those uh, in in the next couple of episodes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Other than that, today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and hosted by yours truly, A.J. Meyer, and of course, Trevor Algett. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Grace Gordon is our director of public relations. And Fern Lim designed our logo. Trevor Algett edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. Did you guys know that we have a weekly email dispatch that we send out every time we publish a new episode? Uh, We do. We certainly do. You can sign up for it over at our website, InsideActing.net, where you can also listen to all of our episodes, all 292 of them if you include this one including uh kevin's first appearance on the podcast uh also we're all over social media twitter facebook soundcloud linkedin youtubes uh, you name it we we've got a, an inside acting account on it so if you've got a minute check us out there follow us interact with us there we love that stuff and uh, itunes is really the most important thing that's where this podcast basically mostly lives in terms of uh, internet presence and your reviews there means so much to us so if you could hop over there if you enjoy the show and you'd like to leave us a, a little bit of support and love leaving us a five-star review on itunes really goes a long way for the various algorithms and whatnot that are that are at work behind the scenes making the podcast visible and suggestible to people so uh, a minute to leave us a positive review on itunes helps a lot please do that if you feel so inclined yay special thanks to our sponsors rehearsal pro and view to gogo.com 
And thanks to you, our listeners. Um, as Trevor said, you can visit our website to do things like, you know, get the newsletter, find all of those, those social media links that he was mentioning. But also another way to support the podcast, uh, the continued production of the podcast is with either a one-time financial contribution or an ongoing contribution as part of our membership. That's all over at our website, insideacting.net, to learn more and, and show us some of that uh, financial love as well as the uh, review love. Two, two kinds of love <laughs> for episode 292, part two, with Kevin West's second time on the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> Lots of Lots of lots of twos, two two second times a charm. I don't know. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll we'll see you next week. Uh, and in the meantime, engage intentionally. <laughs>